After last week's chapel, Professor Schlichtermeyer told me there are only two superpowers in the world. You're thinking the United States and who else? In reality, there are two far stronger powers. One, our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in whose name we gather, our God who saves. The second is the devil. Last week, we talked about his demons. This week, we meet the devil or Satan himself. Aren't you glad you came? <laughs> Another reality is there are no free agents. Everyone is under the dominion of one of these two powers. Jesus himself said, whoever is not for me is against me. Those are the options. That devil tried unsuccessfully to tempt Jesus, especially during those 40 days in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry. Then Luke's gospel says that the devil left him until an opportune time. And he's probably referring to Holy Week. In the video, the devil says, the final act begins, Jesus. All of Holy Week takes place in sight of this picture. On Sunday, Jesus marches into Jerusalem. We celebrate that this week on Palm Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he gathers with the crowds in the temple courts and teaches them. On Thursday, he celebrates Passover with his disciples and then goes out to a garden in the bottom left corner of this picture and prays with them. Our video segment begins right there. It's set appropriately in Luke chapter 22, but spoiler alert, most of the conversation in this video clip are not in the Bible, but I think it raises some very profound questions that we should all think about this morning. John's Gospel says that when Judas went out to betray Jesus, it was very dark, literally, spiritually. This video clip is also quite dark, but watch and listen the best you can. all of it, then your will be done. But there's another way. I'm so afraid I can't endure this, my father. The final act begins, Jesus. There will be no reprieve handed down from your father. He's willing for you to go through this every painful step of the way. If it is his will. His will. <laughs> his will for you is to be flogged, spit on, humiliated, dragged through the streets, laughed at, tried, convicted and crucified. Seen crucifixion. Felt it. You never felt the pain of nails through your hands, of nails through your feet. It's agony. It's hours in agony. The weight of your own body crushes your lungs. You suffocate slowly. And you will endure this alone. Look at them over there. They can't even stay awake. And they'll run as soon as Judah shows up. You know I'm right. And it's all in vain, Jesus. No. No. Not in vain. 
Through me, God will reveal his love for mankind. God, that unseen, heartless burn in hell, watch your children starve. God, not in vain. Oh, yes. In vain. Let me show you. Crusades in your name. Jesus Christ, they shout when they kill. In the name of Jesus Christ! Killing for Christ will be a big business through the sanctions, Christ Jesus. <laughs> and this is what you're dying for. This is what your agony will give them. Another reason to kill and torture each other. Don't you think they have enough reasons already? Without you going through all this, Jesus? It's so easy. It is so easy, Jesus. Just ask him to conduct you. A witch hunt in your name. In the name of Christ our Lord in heaven, I execute you for false witness, for false beliefs, for false words, and for defiling the name of Jesus of Nazareth. No! guy doesn't like the pimple in the nose of that guy, but you can stop it tonight. You can stop it. Come down of that cross they have waiting for you. Why die in agony when you can take control? Make the earth a paradise and poverty and hunger and war. You can do it. It's within your power right now. No, I cannot. Oh, yes, it is you not can. God's will. It's not God's will to end the war. What kind of God is that? One who loves mankind so much that he gives them freedom of choice. He has not created them so he can be their dictator. He gives them the choice of doing good or evil. And this is what they choose. <laughs> yes. I forgive you. I don't want your forgiveness. Look, here comes Judas and his mob. Jesus, you don't even have to bow down to me. I'm not even asking you that. Just call to your father and ask him to deliver you. Tell him you don't want this. He won't make you go through this. You know he won't. Just wave your hand and you'll be home, safe. Do it. Now, you know what I showed you was true. You are going to die in vain. You don't know the plan. I do. I've seen it. Nothing changes. They don't have the capacity to love like you want them to. This will never happen. Just... Lift your hands, Jesus, and wave these all away. Go home, Jesus. Go home to your father now. Don't die in vain. Don't die alone. I am not alone. I am with my father. 
You will die in vain, no. Jesus. I am in the hearts of men. I will die for the everlasting kindness of the human heart created by the Father, so that men will make his image shine once again. And those who will want to will find in me the strength to love until the end. Friend, do what you're here to do. Betrayed with a kiss. That unseen, heartless, burn in hell, watch your children starve, God. The devil raises some significant challenges to Christianity. These have been echoed by other enemies of the faith throughout time. And yes, Scripture teaches God's superpower could overpower us. He could be the ultimate good dictator. But his permissive will allows us to reject him and choose evil. Well, then, since some Christians do bad things in Jesus' name, should we just throw out the baby with the bathwater? In The Road Less Traveled, F. Scott Peck says it this way, There's clearly a lot of dirty bathwater surrounding the reality of God. Holy wars, inquisitions, animal sacrifice, human sacrifice, superstition, stultification, dogmatism, ignorance, hypocrisy, self-righteousness, rigidity, cruelty, book-burning, witch-burning, inhibition, fear, conformity, morbid guilt, insanity, the list is almost endless. But is all this what God has done to humans? or what humans have done to God. It's abundantly evident that belief in God is often destructively dogmatic. Is the problem then that humans tend to believe in God? Or is the problem that humans tend to be dogmatic? Anyone who knows a dyed-in-the-wool atheist will know that such an individual can be just as dogmatic about unbelief as any believer can be about belief. Is it belief in God we need to get rid of then, or dogmatism? Secondly, does the exception prove the rule? Who started hospitals? Who started orphanages? Who started Christian universities? Who started secular universities? Christians! Christians have also done a lot of good to others in the name of Jesus. Satan's main temptation to Jesus, though, is we're not worth it. So are we? On the one hand, the devil's right. We're not worthy. We don't deserve to have Jesus come and die for us, but that's precisely why he needs to do it. When President Obama was asked why he was a Christian, he answered, I understand that Jesus Christ dying for my sins speaks to the humility we all have to have as human beings, that we're sinful and flawed. So are we worth it? The important answerer to that question is Jesus, and he says, yes, you are worth it. So in conclusion, does Holy Week matter? Does it make any difference, really? Does Jesus change things? More importantly, does Jesus change you? As we once again prepare to enter into Holy Week and relive those events of Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection, I hope the words of this song will be your sincere prayer. Let's pray as we sing. Mm -hmm. 